catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we have got on a fantastic guest. She is a child psychiatrist, of course, a medical doctor. She's also the author of several books, as well as a public speaker. And this is Dr. Miriam Grossman. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Zuby. Awesome. Happy to have you here. It's an honor. I've done a brief intro right there. Uh, Miriam, but if you can please introduce yourself to the audience, then the floor is yours. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm a child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, uh, a medical doctor. I went to medical school. Actually, I also did some pediatrics, but then I switched to uh, child psychiatry. And uh, for most of my professional career, I was just living a sort of quiet doctor's life helping kids, helping families, writing prescriptions for Ritalin and, you know, antidepressants and just, just helping kids. Um, and then I became aware of what we're teaching young people about, about gender and about sexuality. And I became very alarmed. Uh, I felt that, you know, we're not putting proper medically accurate information in front of our kids and that that was both wrong and dangerous. So I started uh, to write some books about that. The first book I wrote was called Unprotected. Uh, a, a, a campus psychiatrist reveals how political correctness in her profession endangers every student. Very long title, wasn't my idea. But basically I spoke there about uh, patients that I was seeing in my office at UCLA uh, large university in California, of course, and uh, how the politics in my profession, in the mental health profession, and the ideology in my profession was harming students. So there's all sorts of topics that are that are covered there. My next book was about sex education, and I wrote that because I discovered that so many of my uh, patients that I was seeing on the campus had sexually transmitted infections. Uh, and, and not only infections that could be easily cured with a week of antibiotics, infections like herpes and genital warts, that, that there is no cure for them. Uh, so I started to dive into this whole area of sex educa sexuality education, whatever you want to call it. And I studied the history and I studied, you know, what the kids are being told. And I went through all the websites and I wrote a book called you're teaching my child what? And so part of that was about gender. And I discovered in around 2008, we're going way back here, 2008, I discovered that we are telling kids that, uh, that there's more than just uh, two sexes, that, uh, that, that it's oppressive. In fact, that it's a uh, oppressive uh, paradigm to say that humanity is divided into male and female. It's a paradigm that has to be brought down. It was discussed in terms of sort of, you know, Marxist, uh, you know, uh, ideology, oppression, victims having to change society, um, uh, and, and that it was a, a, essentially a, a terrible and false thing to believe that humanity is divided into male and female. So, of course, I was very concerned about kids being told this kind of bizarre uh, idea that there was more than just male or female, you know, many other options, and that it was normal for people to question whether they were male or female, 
and then to go on and sometimes be medicalized so that they could uh, appear as the other sex and so on. I mean, I'm sure that your audience knows all about this. I became alarmed as a child psychiatrist because these ideas, aside from being false, are going to confuse kids and in, and in some cases even destabilize them emotionally. Kids that are kids who have underlying disorders, who might be on the autism spectrum, uh, who might be depressed or suicidal uh, or, or just anxious, socially anxious, this sort of idea of rejecting your body, the idea that a person can be born in the wrong body and that, and that it's, their feelings are primary, more important than their body, so to speak, uh, and, and, that, and, that, and that if you feel this way, you must uh, seek out the help of, of doctors who will then uh, provide these medical and surgical interventions to change your body. Um, this is pretty wild stuff when I discovered it. And uh, so part of that book, You're Teaching My Child What? It's actually coming out in paperback <clears throat> next month. But part of that book was a warning to parents that these are dangerous ideas and that it's going to be catastrophic for our kids to be taught these ideas. Not for every kid, but for a lot of kids. And... Uh, you know, so I would I, say every kid. Sorry, I would say every kid because it's a falsehood. It's an inversion of the truth. So even if they themselves don't go down this pathway and all the destruction that comes with that, you are still teaching them something as a fact, which is completely false. It's not even an it's not even really a theory or an opinion. It's just something that's just biologically incorrect. A hundred percent correct. So in that way, yes, it certainly impacts everybody and it impacts students when you come back, for example, from summer vacation and someone in your class who you've grown up with and known for years comes back as the opposite sex. And then your speech is compelled by the school to call this person by a different name and different pronouns. And you have to think, I go into this in my book, what happens in the brain when you continuously have to go against what your brain is telling you to be true, what your eyes, what your eyes are telling you to be true. And you have to go against that. So this is a dangerous thing. And you are right, Zuby. It's dangerous for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I think beyond the sort of physical effects and ramifications and all of that stuff, which, you know, we could talk about and we could get into it's simply the thing I find most deeply concerning about it in many ways actually is the is the complete inversion of the truth and getting people to accept and repeat a massive lie right um the the, the lie could be that two plus two equals seven and I would feel the same way about it right the lie could be that a circle is actually a square um it's not that I you know I absolutely love mathematics and geometry but if you're teaching people that and you're attacking and shaming and ostracizing anyone who is willing to tell the truth, then where are you, where are you now as a, as a society? If you've just given up on the truth, then you've just opened the floodgates for anything and everything, right? If, if you're willing to accept this level of lie and inversion of reality, then you don't really have a leg to stand on for any further pushback, right? If someone says that they want to identify as a, as a different age, why not? Right? What, what, what makes more sense? Me being, me being a woman or me being 28 years old. I think me being 28 years old is much more, is much more acceptable and more sounds more realistic. I'm actually 36, but I think that's, that makes more sense than me saying, Hey, I'm a woman. Right. Or if I said that I were Indian, me being Indian well, makes more sense than me being a woman. I, I couldn't I couldn't have said it better. And that's why I I argue in the book, Lost in Transnation. I'm supposed to, my publisher tells me to pick it up and show it to people. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, do it. Lost in Transnation, by the way, incredible forward by Dr. Jordan Peterson. But Zuby, what you just said is a hundred percent right, of course. It is a war on reality. 
It's simply a war on reality. And it is, you know, a an emotionally healthy person lives in reality, no matter how painful that reality is. And adults have to represent reality in a child's life. And that's one of the many reasons why if you have a child that comes to you one day and says, mom, I'm not your son, I'm your daughter, please call me Emily, please call me she, her, please take me to a gender therapist so my puberty can be blocked and I can get estrogen. And as I say in the book, and I provide a sample conversation between a parent and child on this issue, and I say that it is no favor, even though your child wants it so much, to be called Emily and she, her. In the long run, it is no favor because it's just not true. And we are not doing people a favor by endorsing a lie and certainly not your child. So while in, you know, in the immediate time, it may put a smile on your child's face to endorse this falsehood of being the other sex, in the long run, it is certainly not any sort of a kindness to them. Yeah, it seems like something has been lost in people's perception of parenting even. Not everybody's, not even most people's, but this idea that you're just supposed to go with whatever the child says or whatever a child wants, or that's, this seems like quite a new idea to me, at least a new idea to go mainstream that whatever your child says, I mean, ch children are very imaginative, like they'll, <laughs> they can kind of be led to believe anything. Um, but the idea, I don't know, if you, if you give a kid candy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, like they'll be, they'll be delighted in the short term. Um, but the idea that if your child's like, Hey, I want candy for breakfast and I want candy for dinner and you're just supposed to go, okay, Timmy, like, here's your candy. Um, you know, don't worry about your vegetables or your, or your meat or your potatoes, just keep eating your candy. Cause that's putting a smile on your face. Like it's such a shallow and actually immature understanding of what the role of parents and adults in society in general are supposed to do. Like you are supposed to say, no, you are supposed to guide things. There are supposed to be boundaries. Um, so this idea that, I mean, kids have all sorts of crazy imaginations, right? They could think that they're a different animal. They could think they're a dinosaur, whatever. They, they might think they're a whole other different human being. And the idea that you're supposed to take that very, very seriously and quote unquote, affirm it, and then force everybody else to affirm it. And then, you know, start manipulating and changing their bodies or whatever to look more like whatever the thing they're saying is like, it's, it's very obviously, it's like, obviously psychotic to me. It's like, what on earth? It doesn't, it, it, the thing that, that strikes me about this issue as well is the, I, I know that the roots of it go back many decades. I'm aware of that. Um, however, it's in the past decade that it's really gone mainstream. I mean, just in the year 2013, if you were to, even if you were to talk to someone who's more, more liberal and progressive or whatever, um, and you were to su suggest that males should compete against females in professional competitive sports or that males should be allowed to use women's bathroom if they say that they're women or that children should be, uh, you know, a young girl should be given testosterone or a young boy should be, uh, you know, have his be, be castrated or have his puberty blocked or be put on estrogen. Even, even, even liberals, even progressives would have been like, what? Like, no, like, of course not. That's, that's silly. That's crazy. And now 10 years later, many of them are advocating for that. Not all of them. I know, I know several liberals who are many liberals who are pushing back against this. Um, but it's strange how quickly it's, I guess some things happen slowly and then quickly. Obviously you've been aware of this issue for over 20 years. Um, the first book you put out about this was what, what year was the first book? Oh, it's about 15 years, about like 15, 2008, okay. 2009. 2008. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let me get that right. Two, two, 2008. But I think in 2008, 2009, this was not on, it definitely was not any mainstream radar. It wasn't a that's conversation. Right. If you think 2008 in the USA, that's like Barack Obama's first term. Right. And I certainly know at that time period, uh, there was no Democrat, there was no whatever who was promoting these type of ideas. And then suddenly with no new science or, or new data or incredible new arguments, which have completely changed all of our understanding about humanity. 
we're suddenly supposed to just adopt this entire belief system, um, not just as it pertains to adults being free to kind of, you know, do things they want to do or dress how they want to dress, but going to the level of saying, no, like this is anyone who says they're a woman is a is literally actually a woman. Anyone who says they're a man is actually a man. Yes. Like children should be able to make these incredible decisions about their, not just how they dress, but their, their hormones. And they should be able to pause, pause, quote unquote, their, their puberty. And we should be giving them surgeries and do it's, it, it blows my mind because I know it's real, but there's always a part of me that's like, how is this real? Like, is this, this doesn't, this doesn't make sense. And when I talk to people in different parts of the world about this particular issue, most of the world doesn't even believe it. Most, most people in most places, if you, if you explain to them what is going on, what's happening in the US, what's happening in Canada. And so they actually don't, they don't believe it. They're just like, what is it? What does that even mean? They don't even understand some of the sentences, right? If I, if I say, oh, you know, I identify as a woman, they're like, what, what does that mean? Like the, 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 the sentence doesn't, they don't even have the context for it. And Correct. Yeah, I I don't know. How how do you think that's how do you think that it's in the past decade in particular? How has this gone from being something that's just completely fringe and wasn't on anyone's radar and people would not advocate for to something where you're even considered a bad person if you speak up against it, despite actually I think the vast majority of people are not are not for it, but you you get pushed, you get marginalized, you get called names. You're somehow supposed to be a bad person if you push back against this, I would say, actual wickedness. Well, you see, it, it's been a crusade. It's been a social political movement that initially just, you know, was was sort of underground. It was just on on, you know, radical gender studies in academia um it, it was it was small and contained uh, this this movement that believed that gender that your identity as male or female can be separate from your biology and is indeed more important is more primary than your biology and that biology should be dismissed that it's it's minor not so important that your feelings are primary but it, you know, it was kind of under the radar and then it became, uh, it became a crusade and now it is a turbocharged crusade, I would say. So uh, I just want people to understand that, that, uh, that, that this crusade has, has marched through our institutions, our educational institutions, uh, government, uh, uh, and, and the way that affects me the most is our medical institutions. So this crusade, there are activists, uh, they are zealots, they wish to recruit as many people as possible, uh, in, uh, especially young people, because every social movement, of course, needs, to, needs new recruits. They wish to reach young people at the earliest possible time. I went into Barnes and Noble the other day, my local Barnes and Noble. I asked for my book. It was not available. They never carried it in the store. They never made any orders for my book. So my book is essentially being uh, censored by Barnes and Nobles. Okay. But in that same Barnes and Nobles, I asked for the LGBT. Uh, books that are available for preschoolers. And the, the, the lady there filled up my, both my arms with a pile this big, Zuby, of books that say things like, and these are for preschoolers who can't read. Okay, they say things like, uh, I was born with a boy's body, but a girl's brain. Utterly impossible. No medical basis for that. Books that say to these little kids, you can't know if someone's a boy or a girl unless you ask them. Uh, books that say, you know, the grown-ups make mistakes when they say you have to, you know, everyone's a boy or a girl. And that's, that's a bad mistake. Don't believe that. Okay, so 
so you have to understand that this is a crusade and that there are on the side of this crusade, fighting this crusade, are activists that are absolute zealots and they want to reach kids at the earliest possible time. Therefore, parents have to reach their kids first. And uh, my book gives you those tools for reaching your parent, your kids first. You have to know the biology. You don't have to be a PhD to read my book. It's not for professionals. It's for regular moms and dads. I want kids to understand the biology of male and female so that they can, at an early age, begin saying to their child, you know, you're a girl and you were always a girl. From the moment that you were created on this earth, you were always a girl and you're always going to be a girl. And that's wonderful. There are many different kinds of girls. You may not want to play with dolls. You may not be into makeup. And that's fine. Don't let anyone ever tell you that if you're not a girly, girly, girly girl and you don't seem to fit in with the other girls in in your class, that it means you might be a boy. Don't let anyone tell you that because that's just... That's impossible. Mm -hmm. I want parents to prepare their children so that when the child first hears this inane phrase, this absolutely ridiculous phrase, sex assigned at birth, of course, sex is, is established at conception, right? The egg meets the sperm. You're either a boy or a girl. I want kids, the first time they hear that, that phrase to immediately think, no, 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 that's not right. Sex is not assigned. The doctor doesn't make, or the midwife, no, no, no. That is established, permanently established at the moment of conception or the moment that you first exist in this world. Permanent, can't be changed. I want parents to read, they have to reach their kids first. Um, And there's all kinds of different things that you can educate your family about so that this ideology can't get a hold of your kids. Otherwise, it's very likely to happen. Once it happens, you know, it's a different story. That can be really tough. Once your kid comes home and announces, mom, dad, I'm not your son, I'm your daughter, then you've got a different challenge on your plate. But I go through that as well. And in the book, I provide a model conversation that you can have with your child as you discuss those things, as you discuss why, no, I'm not going to call you by a new name and new pronouns. I'm not going to do that. We're going to be talking a lot. I love you. I can see how important this is to you. I'm going to become an expert in this field because you're my child and anything that's important to you is important to me. It's not an easy thing to have a child that gets uh, recruited, I would say, into this belief system. It can be terribly difficult. The parents, bluntly, quite honestly, the parents really can go through hell. And I have a chapter in the book that's solely dedicated to the parents, Zuby. And um, I do want parents to know out there that, that you know they're not alone. There are a lot of resources available. And and speaking of resources, you know, school is starting soon. uh, And I want parents to to not be naive. The schools are filled with activists and teachers, principals, guidance counselors. uh, they, They might be grooming your child. I'm using that word grooming. I know that it's a strong word. I don't mean sexually grooming at this point. Well, let's define what grooming is, okay? Yeah, I was going to say it is kind of sexual grooming. That's a crazy thing. Well, grooming is the emotional manipulation uh, of a person in order to exploit them at some later time. So there could it could be in order to exploit them sexually. It could be to exploit them financially, sometimes with older people are groomed by individuals that are trying to get a hold of their finances. But this would be an example of grooming someone ideologically so that they are recruited into the ide- ideology. 
There's a sexual component to it as well, but I'm going to leave that on the side at this point. So there is grooming that's going on in the schools. And the best thing, of course, is to homeschool or to get together with a bunch of like-minded families and do something with the schooling. But I recognize that not everyone can do that. So you want to at least have your eyes open and be vigilant about what's happening in your school. And I provide a chapter in my book only on schools. You have to understand that the professional organizations of principals, teachers, guidance counselors, and others that are working at your child's school, all of them have policies that call for you to be left in the dark if your child doesn't want you to know that they are now going by a different name, different pronouns, using the opposite sex bathrooms, you may not be told about that. And this is all applicable to the USA specifically, right? Absolutely USA, but I, but Canada obviously as well. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know the UK as well as I do the US. You UK, know- UK is starting to have more pushback on this obviously i'm sure you know of the closing of the tavistock clinic and there's been a reversal i think on some of the on on some of this it seems to be from what i'm aware pushing back in the direction of truth and sanity not not all the way there yet but it's it's not um the trajectory seems quite different to the us and canada i believe some other european countries also have reversed some of their policies Oh, of, oh well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, of course, you know, the U.S. and Canada at this point, in terms of the medical interventions on minors, are certainly outliers. Uh, I mean, Australia also is, is bad, and New Zealand, I believe. But like you just said, uh, a number of countries, Britain, Sweden, Finland, and Norway, have all done a 180 in terms of gender, so-called gender affirming care. And I say so-called because in order to affirm, that's such an Orwellian phrase, right? So you're affirming an unreality. And so you are denying the biological reality. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same with the term misgendering, right? It's a very ideological term. Of course. So, so those countries have all done a 180 and they have pretty much banned Listen to this. It's really astonishing. They have pretty much banned the treatments that this country, the U.S., calls life-saving. So the same child in the U.S. A certain, you know, with the same symptoms as a child in Norway, the, the child in the U.S., it's going to be considered, quote-unquote, life-saving to halt their puberty and to give them cross-sex hormones and surgeries. And the child in, did I say Norway or Finland? I can't remember. You brought up both. Um, A child in one of those countries would not have access to those treatments. Our podcast today is sponsored by The Wellness Company. Did you know that nearly 90% of pharmaceuticals in the U.S. are produced overseas? That's an alarming statistic. If you don't have an emergency kit on hand, it's time to get prepared. The Wellness Company's medical emergency kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications that every single American should keep in stock. It comes with a 22-page instruction guide on safe medical use for everything from snake bites to COVID to bioterror events. Another stellar product from The Wellness Company is Spike Support. Whether you got vaxxed or not, the virus is still among us in some capacity, as well as the related spike protein. Spike protein can cause brain fog, tissue damage, blood clots, and more. Spike Support is a detoxification powerhouse that aims to strengthen the body's natural immunity and flush out spike protein, so you can get back to that pre-COVID feeling. Get both of these products by going to twc.health forward slash Zuby and get 15% off with the discount code Zuby. That's twc.health forward slash Zuby and use discount code Zuby to get 15% off. Disclosure, the medical emergency kit is only available to U.S. residents. Why do you think... Why do you think the West and it seems the Anglosphere in particular has been so susceptible to this? Because 
oftentimes people say things like, you know, the world is going crazy or like this in the world. And I often have to remind people, I'm like, it's not the world. Like it's not, it, the vast majority of the world is not, is not doing this, is not repeating these mantras, is not believing these weird untruths or propagating them or, you know, pushing it. Like, yes, some of these ideas are lightly permeating different areas, especially in this age of the, of the internet. Um, but it seems like with a lot of these ideas, not even just the gender ideology and this obsession with transgenderism and so on, but with some of these various ideas, whether it's, it's critical race theory or it's gender theory or it's queer theory or it's this or it's this, it seems like the, the, the Anglosphere in particular and the, the West more broadly has, is just very, very vulnerable to all of these, uh, to use, uh, Dr. Gad Sad's term, I, I idea pathogens. Right. It's like, I mean, I, I, I have a, I have many theories on this, but I'm curious from your perspective, why you think it is that certain nations and even certain places within those nations are so susceptible to this type of indoctrination. It's a great question. Honestly, as a child psychiatrist, I'm more focused, you know, on the kids and the families and on the medical part of it. You're asking one of those sort of macro questions, you know, from 30,000 feet. My first response to you would be, I think that the West is just so, you know, there's so much godlessness and there's so much um, lack of, of traditional common sense and morality that uh, people will believe anything and latch on to anything. Yeah, I, 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 I heavily agree with that. I heavily agree with that. I, I think it's, um, I think it's a flaw as well of absolute liberalism, right? I think it's like, if your idea of liberalism or freedom or liberty is simply, you can literally do and be anything you want, right? There, there's, there's a good, there's a good there's a good version of that phrase and there's a bad version of that phrase, right? <laughs> if there's a child and you're like, hey, you know, you can you can do and you can be anything you want, there's a positive way that that can be reality. But if you're saying it to the point of like denying reality and instead of you bending it all to the world, the entire world and everyone in it is supposed to completely accommodate you and your own self-perception and self-identification and narcissism and solipsism and all of that, then that's a massive, that's a massive problem. If I just come out there tomorrow and I say, Hey, like, this is how, this is my identity. And this is how I want everybody to refer to me. And this is this. And, and I expect the whole world, everyone in it to just, you know, immediately just change and adapt to me and my feelings and my self-perception and all of that. And I should just get my way all the time. Um, I think you're sending multiple dangerous messages there. And also, again, it's just, it's just not, it's not real. We can't, we can't literally be anything we want, like within, within our own capabilities and capacities and potential. Sure. We have the rights and the freedoms to go out and pursue what we want and pursue our own happiness and pursue a career and start a business and, you know, pursue relationships, whatever it is. But, you know, you can't, if I wanted to become a camel, right? Like I can't actually become a camel. I could walk around believing that I am, I could get a camel costume and do that, but I, I don't have like the right to force everyone to start treating me like a camel and referring to me as a camel and shaming anyone who thinks it's kind of weird that I'm do <laughs> that I'm doing this thing. But it, it's like we've we've just jumped jumped the shark. It's it's like it's like it's just it's just gone and the, well, the know, rules have gone. You know, Zuby, I think that you'll agree with what I'm going to say. Two things that I that I'm thinking of now. One is that in the West, you know, with our incredible wealth and having a lot of time on our hands, um, combined with the loss of traditional Judeo-Christian morality, that there's a there's an, an emptiness. People want to have meaning in their lives. People want to have purpose in their lives. And so when, you know, the combination of wealth um, and time, you know, and not no longer have to worrying about, you know, basic food and shelter. Um, that combination, along with 
that needing a sense of meaning and purpose, especially young people, are idealists, right? They want to fight for a better world. They need a reason. They look around and they want to see a way to make the world a better place. Of course, they don't, they're not coming from a, in the Judeo-Christian morality would say, well, you have to look inside and make, you know, the way to make the world better is to make yourself better first. So there's more of the looking outward that all these things are bad. So I have to find something that's bad. And then, golly, I am going to fight for it. And this is the new civil rights issue, isn't it? This is the new way of looking at humanity and saying, oh, there's something terrible going on. There's all these people who are being forced to, to identify as, you know, their biology. And that's wrong because there are so many people that are not their biology. And it turns into uh, uh, an, an issue to fight for. Uh, it gives meaning to one's life to fight for the undertrodden, for the oppressed. So this is the new oppressed group. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that analysis. How, how do you think this is affecting people's perception of, let's say, the medical and scientific communities? Because I think... I, th- I think the medical community, um, the sort of media and journalist class, of course, the political class and the sort of world of science, I think all of these, I don't want to call them establishments, let me call them like fields, are actually taking gigantic credibility hits, rightfully so, due to this issue and a few others that they've, they're just pushing, right? If, if you're claiming to be a scientist, right, if you're claiming to be a medic and you know you're supposed to be rooted in the the truth and the facts and in biology and in this and then this and then you just allow this ideology to completely assert everything it's like it undermines it undermines everything else if someone is out there telling me that a man can get pregnant and have a period and then i'm supposed to take the rest of the things that are coming out of their mouths seriously from a science from a scientific and rational and whatever perspective i'm just like well uh, how how can I even how can I trust this establishment? It doesn't, oh boy, that yeah. is so. What you're saying is so important. You know, I did a survey for my book of parents who who have or did have at one point a gender confused child, and I asked them some questions such as what would have what information or skills would have helped you to to navigate this crisis in your family. And what would you be telling families who have yet to go through this? What advice would you give them? I got responses, Zuby, from 500 parents in 17 different countries. And so one of the incredible things that I saw in those responses is exactly what you just said. The lack of credibility because of of, uh, signing on to this narrative this transgender narrative of people that will no longer, I mean, some of these parents, they will no longer even go to a doctor. Mm -hmm. They simply, let alone a therapist, forget it. They won't go to a a therapist. They don't want to hear anything about it because the therapists were the ones that said to their child, yes, you are a boy, you know, yes, you know, I'll call you by this new name and pronouns. And then says to the parents while the child is sitting there, if you don't accept your daughter as your son, you, you, may, you may have a, a, a dead daughter instead of a live son. These are the things that are being said by my colleagues. Okay, so of course there's a loss of credibility. Yeah. And not only that, Zuby, but you see, the mental health field, instead of reaching out to these parents who are victims of the ideology and their lives become hell harder. Do you know what I, a woman contacted me, a woman contacted me who has a a daughter who is identifying as a, as a, as a man. And this is a woman who used to live in a country where there was a genocide uh, some decades ago. And she told me, She's a survivor of that genocide. In during that war, she lost family members, she lost a husband, 
And listen to this. She lost a limb. Now, she told me that having a, a daughter who came to her and said that she's going on testosterone and she's going to live as a man was harder to deal with than the genocide. Wow. And when that woman, it, when that woman goes for therapy, the, it's likely that the therapist is going to say, you're the problem. Yep. Yeah. You have to accept your daughter as your son. It, it's, it's like, it's, it's like nationwide international level gaslighting. It, it's weird. I, I, I genuinely think that this thing is, I think, I think this thing is evil. I don't think that everyone who, um, repeats some of the phrases or who sort of lets some of this stuff slide is like a bad person per se. But I, I do think that this, this belief system and what's happening with it is, is genuinely wicked. And I think that once you cross into the, look, if, if you've got activists who are explicitly trying to indoctrinate children and put them on a pathway to unnecessary surgeries and, you know, mutilating their bodies and, disrupting themselves with unnatural hormones and all this sort of stuff. And you're actively trying to make that happen. And then you're calling anyone who at you're, you're fighting the people and the medical people and the parent concerned parents and whatever, and you're calling them bigots because they don't want their daughter or their son to get like, to me, that's, I, I do my best with, uh, when I, when I have disagreements with, when I have disagreements with people to, um, you know, apply the principle of charity and to see it from their perspective and not to assume any type of malice. But with this particular one, there there is malice there. And then when you see some of these so-called activists out there and they're literally assaulting people who are trying to speak up against it and they're, they're threatening people, they're threatening people's families. I'm like, y'all are not good people. Like, that's not, that's not just a disagreement. They're, they're, like, that's not okay, we have an ideological disagreement or, or whatever. This is, this is malicious to me. And having, I, I mean, I've, for the past few years, I mean, you, you might know I famous, famously in 2019, I identified as a woman and broke the British women's deadlift record. And that went very viral. So, um, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been outspoken on this issue for the past five years. And so, you know, I've seen, I, I've seen some of these activists and how they're, communicate what they're doing. And I'm like, these are not, these are not good, righteous people who are just a little misguided. Like some of these people are psychopathic. Some of these are, you know, these are people going around with t-shirts saying things like kill turfs or whatever. And I'm like, that's not <laughs> like, pardon me if I don't think that this is just like a, a kind, misguided person. I'm like, the, some of these people are aggressive. They're, they're violent. They, they want, it's almost like they want to see the world burn. Um, and so the idea that we should be like, accommodating this and being like, Oh, like super, super kind. Oh, it's whatever. I, I think that's, I, I think that's an error. Um, I know we need different types of communication, but I think that people need to be far more, far more firm with this stuff and, and not being so accommodating towards it all. I think people need to remember that it's okay to say no to some things and to draw certain lines and boundaries and say, actually, no, like this is not, this is not okay. This isn't just a difference in opinion. Like, no, you're not coming after five-year-olds and 10-year-olds with this stuff. No. Well, Zuby, and I say that exactly that right in the, at the start of my book. By the way, I don't know if you're aware, but the foreword is by Jordan Peterson. Yeah, he you wrote, mentioned that. Yeah, he wrote a, a great foreword. Anyway, awesome. I, I say right at the beginning in the first few pages of the book, and I use I do use the word evil, and I and I can so relate to what you just said of trying to be charitable and trying to be, you know, consider the other side and not be extreme. I never used the word evil in the past in my writing. This is my fifth book. I never used the word evil or wicked. I do think that this is evil. Uh, because this is coming after vulnerable children, young children. And it is placing falsehoods in front of them. It is indoctrinating them. You see, these ideas are presented as facts. And they're being presented as facts by authorities. When you're a teacher, when you're a sex ed instructor, when you're, you know, Planned Parenthood website, 
or what have you, your pediatrician is telling you that it's possible to be born in the wrong body and, and, and all the rest of it, and that there's many sexes and many genders and so on, and that you can block your puberty and that it's, irrever- it's, it's reversible and safe and all these things are safe, 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 safe. Not only safe, but it's couched in this language of, of goodness and, mm-hmm. and compassion and civil rights. And this mm-hmm. is, the, you know, it's your true self. It's your yes. authentic self. Gender affirming healthcare. So, yes, there is definitely a wickedness about it to draw in these vulnerable kids. And I, this is why I'm doing this. This, you know, I could be having a very uh, comfortable, uh, settled life, just taking care of kids with ADHD, writing prescriptions, and then going off and living my happy little life. But you know what? I have seen too much. I know too much. And this is this is why you have my massive respect, because even now, I'm glad that there are more people speaking up on this than there were, say, four or five years ago. Um, but it's still it's still a tiny minority in any, in any given sector. And I'm I've been kind of curious as to what it is in people. What what's the through line between those people? Because the the norm is even if you have an issue with it, the norm is to either either support it or just be or or like be quiet right just quiet quietly consent or you know just mumble your disagreement in 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 privacy right but those people in different sectors whether it's the music world whether it's the medical world the scientific world the uh, academia uh there's there's like a in sports sports itself right there there's like a, a tiny tiny fragment of people kind of in each of these things who's willing to just tell the truth be honest, not play the game, be forthright and put their head above the parapet. And I'm, I'm, I'm very curious as to what almost like, like what, what is it? Right. You know, I, I'm a, (laughs) I'm an independent rapper and author and podcaster from the UK. You're a child psychiatrist (laughs) from, you know, from, from the States and you've got someone over here and on paper, it doesn't seem like there's that much in common. Yeah. But there is, right? There, there's some, there's something like in there that is like brought these people together. And and funnily enough, it's it's quite remarkable how they all in this age of the internet, you all also end up kind of knowing each other, right? And it's like yeah. everyone sort of finds each other in all these different countries. And there's something I don't know. There's I, I I could just be courage. I don't know if it's just courage and integrity. And even if it is courage and integrity, it's curious to know where does that come from. And why do so few people have it? Because similar to you, I mean, I don't, it's weird. I even talk about this topic. I've had so many podcasts and things like this about this particular topic. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a rapper. I'm an artist. I'm, I'm happy to just be touring and, you know, like doing my thing or whatever. I wasn't here like, oh, let me go get into this battle or whatever. I'm just like, wait, I'm seeing something in society, which is highly, highly concerning um, on multiple levels. And it's, and it's wrong. It's not right. It's not right to have males going and thrashing women in their sports or competing in their beauty pageants. It's not right to have penises in female changing rooms. It's not right to be uh, giving surgeries and hormone treatments to to children and rendering them. Like, it's, it's obviously not right. And you're kind of looking around like, hey, why isn't anyone... Are, are you all seeing this? Like, what, shouldn't we all be up in yeah. arms about this? And most people won't, you know? Um, and that's the thing that made me step into the arena more publicly in 2018, 2019, and just start talking about this issue and many other things, just saying like, hey, uh, guys, like, what's what's going on here? This is this is not right. This is not making sense. Why, why aren't people at least asking questions? Right? It's like, there's not even there's not even the questioning of this. And when I when it really struck me, and I think this was a major part of the mainstreaming of this particular issue was, um, I think it was back in 2015, when uh, Bruce became Caitlyn Jenner. And I was amazed by the lack of questioning, right? So this 60-something-year-old man who has won multiple Olympic uh, medals and who has a family that he's fathered and all this, and one day just says, "Um, I'm a woman. And no one 
no one is like, okay, what do you mean? <laughs> right, right? Like, like, like everyone Im immediately, it's just, it's just affirmation and celebration front of magazine covers, woman of the year, this, this. And I'm kind of there like, um, is no one going to ask the question? Is no one going to just be like, uh, hang on a second. What do you even mean by that? What, what does that sentence even mean? And it was like, so, so that, that was a key moment when I was just like, man, like, this is weird. Like, this is really, really strange. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that, that was the moment. And that now, since, since then, there's been many, many of those moments. But I think that was like the big mainstream one that kind of even, even put the word transgender in people's brains. Well, Zuby, I'm so glad to have you in this battle. Um, I know you've been in it now for a few years, but I want to, if I may, just welcome you as a veteran fighter to the movement. And I promise you that many, many people are thinking in their heads, what? What? They're just not necessarily saying so. I think there's also another element to this. Now, I am not comparing this to the Holocaust, but I will tell you, you may not be aware that when the Holocaust started and the, the concentration camps began exterminating people, there were a few individuals who escaped and they escaped back to their communities and they told them what is going on in the concentration camps, that people were being gassed and murdered, women, children, and guess what? Apathy. They weren't believed. Yeah. They were not believed. Do you know why? Because decent people don't want to look at evil in the face. Mm. They don't want to see it. And I think, again, I'm not comparing this to the Holocaust, but I do think that most people, when they hear about like the sterilization of young kids and operations and mastectomies, they're just thinking, well, it, uh, it's not maybe rarely, I mean, may, they're exaggerating. It probably doesn't happen. And if it happens, it's because the, it's to save a person's life. And there's must be, there's a lot of good evidence showing, you know, that there's good research behind this. I mean, doctors wouldn't do such things. So I think that that's a bit of what's going on, but you see, Zuby, the thing is, we are now in the midst of this medical scandal, this medical catastrophe, similar to other medical scandals in the past. Lobotomies, you know, there's, my profession has a very checkered past. There have been other medical scandals in which doctors stand up and say, we have a solution for this particular disorder. And they even get in the, with the lobotomies, the doctor that invented the lobotomy got a Nobel Prize. Yeah, I read about that. Okay. And it was only after about 50,000 people in the United States were lobotomized that they began to realize uh, maybe this isn't so great. So the trick is for people to realize now, not in 10 years, mm -hmm. sit back and say, how were we doing that? We have to be asking that right now. How are we doing this? And that's my book explains how we got here and how families can get out of it and how families can actually immunize their 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 children so that the these these dangerous ideas uh, do not enter the household and you're prepared for them and you can survive. Yeah. I think that's a, I absolutely agree with you on that. And to take it even further, I also think that people just think it's not going to affect them, right? They think, well, it's not going to, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to happen to my kid. It's not going to happen. Famous last words, right? Um, and so, you know, again, I think as a society, we've been led to a weird place where people sort of almost think like apathy is a virtue, Right. Oh, it doesn't affect me. Like, whatever. Why should I care? You know, like, I, I, I mean, I don't have kids yet. Like, I don't I could just be ah, whatever. Like, it doesn't it doesn't affect me. Um, but if you 
allow something like this to creep in and really take root and take hold, then at some point in some way, shape or form, it will affect you. And if you, not you directly, a family member or somebody very close to you. And as you said, it's better for, why, why not, why not nip it in the bud before it's gotten to a point where the monster has grown so large that it's so much more difficult to fight. And I, I do genuinely think at this stage, I do not think, I, I hear a lot of people saying like, oh, it's such a complicated issue. I do not think this is a complicated issue at all. It's not a complicated issue. You just need people to have courage and to say no and to draw some boundaries. That's where we used to be, right? Like it did, it, that, that, that's exactly where we used to be. It's where most of the world is, where if you even tried to, you know, start putting these ideas in schools or whatever, the people would just be like, no, absolutely not, right? It's, we, we, do, we do not tolerate that. We're not going to well, be- Well, you know, I- Putin, uh, you know, Putin just announced that he will not allow any of this in his country. I think of course not. yesterday, today. Yeah, he of just, course he wouldn't. <laughs> why would he? Like, no, he's just like we. we why? Why do we want to import this to Russia? Like, do we want Russian children? Like, no, and and that's what it should be. And people could be like, oh, that's authoritarian, or that's this, or that's that. And he's like, I don't care. Like, it's not. It's not right. Um, I think you know, Zuby. I want to mention one thing uh, before we finish. And that is that there are very rare individuals. I'm not denying that there's, no, you know, not saying there's no individuals at all that, who who go through the uh, the we used to call it sexual reassignment or now we call it gender affirming. There mm-hmm. are people who have gone through it and feel that their lives are improved and that maybe it was even a life saving thing. I am not denying their existence. What I am saying is that those individuals are very rare, mm-hmm. that those individuals um, do not belong to the current crop that we're seeing, this new demographic of kids, mm-hmm. teenagers, who mostly are girls. This is a completely new group. I explain in the book, this is not like the other uh, groups that we knew of that experienced gender dysphoria who were mostly boys and men. So we, it, we don't know... We don't have evidence, any evidence showing that those people are in the majority. And we have no way of knowing beforehand if a person is going to regret or be happy with what they have, the changes that they've gone through. Yes. And certainly not the teenagers. Yeah. And those people made those decisions as adults. Correct. Absolutely correct. Yes. They made those decisions as adults, Um, you know. And yeah, it's it's a crazy one. But for pe- for people who are listening and who are concerned, I know a lot of my listeners are parents. A lot of people have kids. You've touched on a few things. Are there? Um, I want people to go and read the book. Um, it's called Lost in Trans Transnation, and that is available now. Is the best place to get that Amazon? I'm glad you're asking. The best place to get it is Amazon, but you have to make sure you get the right book because there's oh, all right. these bogus books out there trying to trick people. People are sometimes buying the wrong book because it looks like mine and it sounds like mine, but it's not mine. You know, they're just fakes. Amazon, so, take that down, man. Come on. Yeah. So what I want people to do is to either to go to the link that goes to Amazon, either through my Twitter, which is Miriam underscore Grossman. Um, and please follow me. Or to go to my website, miriamgrossmanmd.com, and what you'll have it right there up front, and then you'll be sure to get to the right book. I really want to urge parents to, and I know everyone is busy, but before your kids go back to school, please at, at least just read the chapter on schools so that you know what's going on, so you're not naive, and 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 your kids should not be sitting ducks on going back to school and be vulnerable to this ideology. Uh, it'll take you less than an hour. Just read that one book. And then after you read that book, you can go to my website and download, free download, a form written by attorneys that you sign and you bring to your child's school. And you are putting that school on notice that your family is not going with these with all this. You do not want your child in any classroom or any club or any special assembly or anything like that in which 
gender ideology or gender identity or anything is going to be discussed. You do not give your permission for that. You certainly don't give your permission for your child to be meeting with any adult in the school, like a guidance counselor or a teacher or principal privately. You do not give your permission, certainly, for the school to use a different name, different pronouns, let your kid use the opposite sex bathroom. Absolutely not. This is a legal document. You have to put the school on, on notice. I don't care if your kid is going into kindergarten. It's never too early. I hear that. And I think that's very valuable advice. Miriam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, keep fighting the good fight. I look forward to reading your book. I have got a copy, but I just haven't got around to it yet. It's, uh, but it's on my to-do list. And um, thank you. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Zuby. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for